Hello and welcome to Account Instruction Help and How To. In this lecture, we're going to talk about transactions related to merchandising. So we're going to look at the transactions related to the selling of inventory. At the end of this, we will be able to list some differences in the accounting for a merchandising company from the accounting of a service company. Accounting of a service company being what we've looked at last time. We will be able to record transactions related to buying inventory, record transactions related to selling inventory, calculate and record the sales discount and calculate and record the purchase discount then we want to explain the effect on the trial balance of each of these transactions you'll note that these transactions all relate of course to inventory reason being is that we started off with a service company because it, it's a more simplified company in that it doesn't have inventory but all the transactions related to the service company are still going to be there so all the process we went through the process in terms of recording all the transactions and then recording the adjusting process and then recording the final or making the financial statements from the adjusted trial balance and closing out the financial statements that's all the same but what's going to differ now well some of those journal entries on top of the normal journal entries to pay the utility bill to have normal kind of purchases and payroll expense we're going to add of course inventory so there's going to be a certain types of companies we can think of in relation to inventory. So there's different ways we can group types of companies by types of entity and whatnot. One way to group types of company is by inventory. This is a useful way to group in companies because they're going to specialize in that type of inventory. Whatever type of company they have in relation to the inventory they have makes a substantial difference in at least that part of their bookkeeping. So it's important to know when you're looking to get a job in a bookkeeping department or in an accounting department or at a CPA firm working with particular clients, are they a service company that we're going to, in which case we're not going to have to deal with inventory, or is it a uh, merchandising company, in which case they usually buy and sell. You can think of like Amazon or something like that, where they don't make the inventory, they buy the inventory, and then they sell the inventory. I, I, apparently Amazon might make some stuff, but mainly <laughs> they buy the inventory and then they mark it up sell the inventory that's what we're going to be working on this time and we want to contrast that one from a step up in difficulty in relation to inventory usually which would be the manufacturing company that's going to be someone that doesn't just buy the comp the stuff if we're thinking about amazon they don't just buy the book and then sell the book or whatever they're buying and selling at this point if we think about a manufacturing company they're making the thing from scratch so if we're talking about guitars they're making the custom guitar from the wood they're making that wood into a guitar and then they have the finished goods. So now we don't just have to track the inventory, but we've got to track it through the raw materials to the work in process to the finished good. That's not what we're going to do here. We're going to step from the service company then to the merchandising company. That's what we're in here focusing on those journal entries that are different. We're not going to be looking at the stuff that's the same. Just remember that there's a lot of stuff that is the same and we're tacking on those things that are going to be different. Of course, the things related to inventory. What types of things will be related to inventory? Well, if we're buying and selling inventory, we're buying inventory, marking it up and selling it, we're going to have purchases. We're going to have to purchase the inventory, so that's going to be a new transaction we haven't really seen before. It's going to be similar to a lot of the transactions we've seen before when we had the accounts payable process before, but now we're purchasing specifically inventory. It's going to be some terminology relating to that purchasing, which will differ as well. We're not going to talk about like marking up the inventory in the process of the management, the company saying, how much should we mark the inventory up for in order to sell it? That will be discussed in managerial accounting. That's a decision that's internal. We're just doing the record keeping. So the, the bookkeeping right now, so then it gets marked up <laughs> and then we sell the inventory. So obviously we're going to have to sell the inventory 
and that's going to be one of the journal entries that we will be having here as well. It's going to be similar to the sales transaction when we were a service company, but now we have the same sales transaction, but we're going to have to include that inventory changing hands as well. In order to do that, we're going to have an inventory account, of course, on the balance sheet. It's going to be an asset account. We're going to have a cost of goods sold account. Think about cost of goods sold account, a little bit confusing, a little bit deceiving. Why? It's like the only one expense account where you don't say cost of goods sold expense, really. It's, but it, it's an expense account because what it is is the consumption of the inventory in order to help us generate revenue, just like consumption of the utility in order to help us generate revenue is utility expense. So the cost of goods sold is the most important expense account. It's on the income statement. It's right under the sales areas on the trial balance. And uh, you, you want to make sure to realize that that's the consumption of the inventory. That's going to be a new account. And then we can use that to, to calculate gross profit. Now, we've talked about the bottom line number on the income statement being net income. It's important to note that when we talk about merchandising companies, then the relation between sales and the stuff they're selling is really important. So remember last time we talked about the idea that the income statement is pretty easy to calculate. You just take revenue minus expenses and that's net income. There might be a whole lot of expenses, but it's pretty conceptually easy to do that. Now, when we get into merchandising company, we want to have some more subcategories because it, there's a really important relationship between the sales number, what we're selling our inventory for, and the cost of goods sold number, the cost of that inventory that we sold. It's so important that we're usually going to break that out, not on the trial balance, but on the financial statements to a subcategory called gross profit. So it's good to note that now. Let's record some transactions and take a look at some terminology. So first transaction, it's going to sound like this. We're going to say we're going to purchase merchandise. I'm going to say we're going to purchase it from company B. And we've got the terms of this purchase. It's called uh, 2 slash 10 and slash 30. And the cost is 6500 Now there's going to be some terminology we just we need to learn with inventory. One of this is going to be the terms on it. This is going to be something of a discount. We're saying that we're going to get a discount if we pay within a certain time period otherwise it's paid within a normal time period so normally when we purchase something if we're going to purchase inventory normally we have to pay within 30 days that's pretty standard 30 to 60 days that's the normal rules of the purchasing now oftentimes companies will want to get paid sooner especially if there's a lot of transactions it can really uh, make a big difference if we get paid sooner so many times companies will come up with incentives in order to get paid sooner so if they don't do that and we were purchasing in order to maximize the time value of money, we would try to make sure we pay them right within 30 days because we want to hold on to our money as long as possible because that would be the best strategy for us in terms of time value of money. The, the person that is selling, our vendor, might then say, hey, we'll give you a 2% discount if you pay us early, pay us within 15 days. We would like to have the money sooner so we can put it back into our business or put it somewhere else and make money on it. If you do so, then we'll lower the price. So we'll get a 2% discount if you pay within 15 days. Otherwise, then you have to pay us within the normal 30 days. So if you see the term, it could say 2 slash 15. That means a 2% discount. Now, oftentimes, they're not going to put a percentage sign. They're not going to put 0 0.02. We just, for some reason, came up with this terminology. We just need to know that it's 2 means 2% discount slash, and then we got 15. That's the number of days, and again, they're not going to put 15 days is the discount day time if you pay within 15 days. They're just going to say 15, and then they're going to put comma N slash 30, and that's basically saying otherwise you pay within 30 days, 
If you do not pay within 30 days, then you're past the due date for paying, and we might send your uh, bill to collections or something like that. We expect to be paid within the 30 days. Now, the funny thing about all that is it's going to be important when we pay the bill. If we pay within 15 days, we're going to have to deal with that. Right now, we just got to put the, the information on the books at the cost, and we're going to assume that we're making all the purchases on account. We're not paying cash for them. Typically, we purchase them on account. So let's review kind of our trial balance that we would have that we're just going to post this to. I'm going to have a very small trial balance, and we're going to focus in on those few accounts, those purchases and those inventory accounts, and not anything else. So remember the trial balance. We're going to have assets and then liabilities and then equity and then sales and then expenses. So within the asset section, we've got the debits that are green on the T account, bright green, bright red T account, and the green items are on the debit side. Those include cash. Those include accounts receivable. Those include merchandise inventory. Those are the only assets I'm going to put in our trial balance right now so we can visualize those. And then on the liability side, we only got one liability we're going to put on the trial balance. You can imagine big red trial balance, right-hand side, liability account called, accounts payable. I'm going to imagine it in yellow. And then we've got the equity section. We're going to have the capital account. Capital account, I'm going to imagine it bright blue. And that's going to be on the big red T right-hand side. Remember, that's a credit in the capital account. Normal balance of a credit. And then we've got revenue. Revenue, big red T, normal balance on revenue is going to be a credit. And then under revenue, we're going to have some accounts that are going to be specific to merchandising companies. One's going to be called sales returns and allowances. So we'll talk more about sales returns and allowances. It acts like an expense, but when we put it on the on the uh, income statement, it's going to be kind of like a contra asset account, well, a contra sales account. We'll talk about that. Same with sales discount. So we got sales discount is going to be kind of like an expense, not an expense, but it acts like an expense. And it's really like a contra sales account. So we'll talk about that when we uh, get into that. But then we have the first big expense that doesn't have expense in it, cost of goods sold. So that's on the income statement, huge expense related to the selling of the inventory. And remember, that's going to be like the navy blue account, all the income statement accounts, because they're part of equity, but they're broken out separately on the trial balance. And all, those are going to have debit balance accounts on our big red T in terms of the trial balance. So that's going to be our trial balance. And we're going to record this uh, merchandising transaction. So first question, is cash affected? In this case, no. We say we're going to purchase it on account. So we didn't pay cash for it. We're going to pay cash later. Then I usually think about what we got then. If I can't figure out cash wasn't involved, what did we get? We got merchandise inventory. So we got inventory. So if we look at our trial balance, and I'd always have a trial balance in front of us. If we look at our trial balance, we look at for an account called inventory. We can say, ah, there's inventory. And it's up in the green area. It's up in the, next to all the other assets. It's up in the assets area. It's got a debit balance just like all the other assets. And we know that we got more of it. So we got more inventory. We need to make inventory go up then. How do we make inventory go up? We do the same thing to it as what it is. It's a debit. Therefore, we're going to debit it again, increasing the inventory. What's the other side going to be? We're going back to there's only basically two accounts a lot of times. In this journal entry, at least, there's only two accounts. And so the, we're going to have to credit something. If we debit something for the 6005 what are we going to credit? Uh, the account will be, of course, accounts payable. We're not paying cash for it. We bought it on account. That means we bought it kind of like if it was a credit card. Think of it as similar to a credit card transaction. Accounts payable. So accounts payable is a liability account. Liabilities have credit balances. We're going to say that that credit balance is going to go up in the credit direction by doing the same thing to it. We're going to credit the liability account. So if we post this, then what happens to merchandise inventory? The debit balance goes up. 
by the debit of 6,005. I started off with 5,000 plus the 6,005 brings us to the 11,500 in the uh, merchandise inventory. Then the accounts payable. We're going to start off with zero in accounts payable at the beginning. We just credited it 6,500. Therefore, it's going to go up in the credit direction to 6,500. Now, I also want to point out that now that we're looking at the uh, merchandise inventory, notice we need to track who we bought it from too, because we're going to have to pay these people later. <laughs> so we bought it from company B, and we're going to have to pay them back at some point in time in the future. Now, we know that there's an account that backs up every account called the general ledger. I can look at the general ledger, and the general ledger will tie out to the accounts payable. But I also want to track it not by date, as the general ledger is. We want to track it by, in this case, vendor. So we're going to call it, I'm going to call it a subsidiary ledger. It could be called different types of things depending on the software you're going to be using. But it's going to be another ledger. It's a subsidiary ledger, uh, basically, to back up the same number that's on the trial balance and on the general ledger. But instead of being an order by date, it's an order first by vendor. Those are the people we're buying from. That's the terminology we're going to use. Vendors, we're buying things from vendors. And it's broken out by first vendor who we owe and then by date within vendor. So within the subsidiary ledger, we're going to put in there 6,500 is owed to B specifically. And if I add up all the subsidiary ledger accounts, it adds up to 6,500, which is the same number that should be on the trial balance at that time. Next, we're going to say next transaction that happens is that we're going to sell merchandise inventory to company C. And then we're going to have this other information again. The terms are going to be 2 slash 10 in slash 60. The sales price is going to be 1000 And the cost is going to be 542 So there's going to be a lot more information than a lot of times when we sell the sales on the service. But don't let that intimidate you. When we sell the information, we're going to start off with a similar transaction as we did when we had the service and then we'll deal with the inventory so let me break down some of these terms again so we sold merchandise of course that's going to be the inventory to company c then we had our terms remember when we purchased from someone we had those terms it sounded the similar now we've got our terms to the our customers that we are selling to in a similar fashion and that's going to be two slash ten and we got comma in slash sixty so same idea we're going to what we're saying is the normal terms that we have with this particular customer is that they pay us within 60 days. But we want money earlier than that, especially if we have a large volume of transactions, we would rather be paid sooner than later. And in order to do that, we're willing to give a discount. So the, there's typical terminology, there's just standard terminology that uh, you just kind of need to know. And it would say 2 slash 10. They're not going to say 2%. They're not going to say 0.02 like you would think they kind of would. They kind of should. It just says 2, and you got to know that's 2% slash and then 10 and they're not going to say 10 days or not like a kind of you kind of would think they just say 10 and that would be that you got to pay two percent within 10 days comma n slash 60 basically just means otherwise you pay within the normal time frame that normal time frame apparently for this particular customer 60 days i would like it in 30 days but our normal time frame for them at this point is 60 days then we got two numbers here we've got a sales price and we've got a cost down here why is that well, obviously, we need two. We have two different prices. We we bought it. I mean, we're selling it for one price, that thousand dollars, and then we have the cost. That's what we bought it for. So we're really getting the difference between those two. Okay, so let's think about what the journal entry would look like. Now, first, when you think about the journal entry, we want to think. I want to think about it separately because I think conceptually that's the best way to do it. This all happens at the same point in time. You can have one big journal entry, 
But this is one point in time where I would think about it separately because it conceptually helps to do so. And in doing that, we're, we're not going to put the two debits on top within this one journal entry. We're going to break it out in a way that kind of makes sense. For example, if we think about the sales transaction in a service company, all we do is uh, if we sold something on account, we're going to say, um, is cash affected? No, cash isn't affected. What is affected? What did we get? We got an IOU. So just like in the service company here, we got an IOU. The IOU means that we have completed our job. People owe us money. In the service company, that means we did work, of course. In the inventory, merchandising company, when did we earn the money? When we shipped the goods. So when we, when we shipped the goods, we can check the shipping document. That's really when we did the work. We earned the money when the goods have, have left us or are in possession of the uh, customer and or the the transportation if the transportation is there owned by the customer so that's going to be the transaction that we have here and that means that accounts receivable is going to be debited because it's a debit balance account so we're going to increase it by doing the same thing to it another debit so we're going to increase the accounts receivable just like we would before and then on the service company what did we credit well we earned revenue so on the service company we probably called it revenue uh, we probably called it or income. We might have called it fees income or something like that. And when we sell merchandising inventory, oftentimes the typical term for revenue is going to be sales. So it's the same transaction, but we're just calling the income account sales now, sales revenue, sales income. It's going to be located in the same area on the trial balance. It's going to be right below the capital account. So right below the capital account, instead of having fees earned or income as we did before, we have sales and that's going to be the credit. So that journal entry is going to be the same. If we were to post that out, we would have a debit to account receivable. Account receivable will go from our, in this case, we have zero. We're starting at zero, going up by 1,000 to 1,000. And then we're going to credit sales. So we'd have sales as a credit balance. It always goes up. It only goes up in the credit direction. We're crediting it by 1,000. So sales goes up to 1,000. Also want to note now that we're also going to do the same type of thing in terms of the accounts receivable. And we would do this for a service company too, but I want to introduce these subsidiary ledgers at this point in time. At a later point in time, we're going to have to know who owes us money. We're going to have to search out and see who is going to pay us that money. So at this point in time, uh, we know we have the general ledger, which gives us the information by date. But we also want to have a subsidiary ledger, which is going to give us the information by, in this case, customer. So we have two subsidiary ledgers we're going to be dealing with in this problem. We're going to have one related to vendors who we owe, that's going to back up accounts payable by vendor. We have one related to customers. So within the customers, I got company C, company C, we owe them $1,000 and the total for the subsidiary ledger is going to tie out to what is on our trial balance. So that's going to be pretty much the same transaction that we had for the service company. What's different? We have inventory now. So now we got to deal with the inventory. We didn't really earn $1,000 because we had to give up an expense in order to incur that $1,000. What expense did we get? What did we give up? We had to give up an asset, which will incur an expense. The asset we gave up is uh, inventory. So we gave up inventory. So inventory is going to have a lower cost than the sales price, hopefully. And ours is 542. So inventory, if we look at the trial balance, it has, it's up in the assets section. Assets have a debit balance. We need to make it go down because we gave, a, gave away the inventory in order to help generate revenue. So we're going to say that a separate journal entry, I'm, I'm going to say skip a line and then like skip another line because we want to put the merchandise inventory on the bottom and we're not going to connect it to the first transaction even though they are kind of happening at the same point in time. So we're going to credit merchandising inventory and then what are we going to debit? 
Well, if we look at our trial balance, we're going to debit cost of goods sold. That's going to be the cost, the expense related to us giving up the inventory. So we got our second journal entry. I'm going to put it down there separately. Debiting cost of goods sold, crediting merchandise inventory. What happens when we post that? Well, the merchandise inventory has a debit balance. We are going to credit it, doing the opposite thing to it, making it go down, which would make sense. We're decreasing the inventory. And then what would happen to cost of goods sold? We are going to debit the expense account. So cost of goods sold is an expense. We're debiting it, and we're going to make the expense go up. What then does that do to net income? It makes it go down. So if you think about this transaction, we had it on there. Um, we had a sale for $1,000. So our net income went up by $100,000 as well as our gross profit. And then we have the expense related to it being the cost of goods sold went up by 542. So really we didn't make $1,000. We only made uh, $458. So the net effect on gro gross profit or net income is 458. And this is going to be important to, to note. It's something that when we make a sale at a cash register, we don't really see, of course. Like if you go to the grocery store, we only see the sales price. If I was to bring something up to the grocery store and they run it through the grocery store, then I know I can f I know the one transaction that happened. I know that the that uh, in that case cash is going to transact or if it was on a credit card. But I know that they have sales and then cash in that case. What I don't know is, of course, the cost of goods sold. But when they scan that thing through on the scanner, two things happen. One is that sales transaction. Two is the cost of goods sold and the inventory. Now, I also want to point out that there's some textbooks, and, and if you're using some software, if you're working somewhere, then because these two things happen at the same time, they often are set up as one journal entry. And if they are set up as one journal entry, note what would happen to the rules here. We would have the debits should be on top and the credits should be on bottom. Therefore, we would have a debit to accounts receivable, a debit to cost of goods sold, a credit to sales, and then a credit to merchandise inventory. That's a lot more confusing to look at. So that, that's why, again, if you're making the journal entries, you probably want to construct the journal entry in such a way that makes sense so you can think through the journal entry both when you're making it and then you want to be able to think through it when you go back and you review it if you're talking about more complex journal entries. If you're looking through a journal entry that's been processed by a machine, and it puts it in there just based on those rules, debits on tops, credits on bottom, making it one journal entry, then you want to go through there and kind of think through the process yourself, maybe rewrite it so you can think through that process. Now at this point, you might also be saying, why didn't we use the 210N60 thing yet? That is, I didn't hear any discussion on that. Remember, that's, that only is going to happen and take place when the payment happens. So if they pay within 10 days, then we're going to have to say, oh, okay, now they got a 2% discount, we're going to have to account for that. Also note that we're kind of assuming on both sides of these transactions that we're not going to pay within the discount time. We're kind of assuming that we're paying after the discount time. And then if we pay within the discount time, we're going to have to account for the fact that there's now a discount. That's typically the way most textbooks are going to be set up. But uh, it's quite possible in practice for us to kind of assume that we're going to take the discount and, and record, it, record it net of the discount and then, and then adjust it if we don't take the discount. So be aware of that as well. Next transaction, we're going to say that we paid freight on purchase of inventory. So we paid for the shipping. So you can imagine that if it's coming from China or something like that, we're paying for the, the boat or whatever to bring the stuff over here, and it's our cost that we have to pay for it, then we're going to, we're going to pay for that shipping cost, and we're going to have to record that transaction. Now, the thing that's tricky about this, so I'm going to assume that we paid cash of $110 for shipping of the inventory. So is cash affected? We're going to say, well, yeah, cash is affected. Cash is a credit balance. 
we're going to make it go down. How do you make something go down? We do the opposite thing to it as what it is. So uh, we're going to credit cash. So cash is a debit balance. We're going to credit it to make it go down. If we think about our journal entry, then we're going to say put the cash on the bottom and we're going to credit cash by the 110 that we paid for the shipping to get the inventory. What's the debit going to go to then? And if you look at a chart of account, if you look at a chart of accounts, you probably see something. You might see something there called freight or something like delivery or something delivery expense or freight expense or something. And it would seem very reasonable to, the, to say that that's where you're going to put it. If you look at a test question, I guarantee you they're going to have a freight expense or delivery expense in the multiple choice answers. And that's not going to be correct in this case because the inventory, we need to have all the expenses in the inventory that it took in order to get the inventory here. So we had the cost of the inventory, that's part of the inventory, but we also have the shipping, that's part of the inventory. So we need to include those in the inventory so the debit's going to go to the inventory. So if we posted this, then the cash would be credited, meaning cash is a debit balance. It would go down by the 110 to uh, go down. And then we would have the merchandise inventory is an asset, has a debit balance. We would debit it again, doing the same thing to it for the shipping of 110, increasing the inventory by the shipping that we had to pay in order for get, to get the inventory to our location. Next transaction, we're going to say that we received the balance due from company C within the discount period of 2 slash 10, 2% discount if played within 10 days, in slash 60, and the sales price was 1000 So now we're saying that the sales that we made, and remember there's two types of these transactions where we, got, we did purchases from our vendor and sales to the customer. We're talking about these sales to the customer. We made a sale to customer C on account. Remember that was for 1000 They owed us the 1000 However, we gave this discount term of 2 slash 10 in slash 30, meaning 2% discount if you pay us within 10 days, otherwise you pay us within 60 days. So we put the information on the books for 1,000 that they owed us in accounts receivable, but they're not going to pay us the 1,000 because now we gave them a discount. So the discount is going to reduce the amount that they owe us by that 2%. So let's go through our series of questions and try to build this out and have that one extra wrinkle of this discount that's going to throw things off and be a bit confusing. We're going to say, is cash affected? We're going to say, yeah, cash is affected. Cash is going up. We just got paid. It's the same transaction that we've seen before in the service company. We kind of build the client. We got a check in the mail. So cash is affected. Cash is a debit balance. We need to make it go up. We The way to make something go up is to do the same thing, which in this case would be another debit. So on our journal entry, we're going to say cash is going to be the first account. I'm going to debit it for... That's the problem, not 1000 In real life, we would just get the check and we'd say, hmm, what's the check for? That's what we're going to put in there. But uh, if we're doing a book problem, we're going to say, well, what? how much would we have received? Well, if they had 1000 and they paid within the discount period, 1000 times 0 0.02, 2%, means that we're going to have a 20% discount. 20% discount, if we're not getting $20 of the 1000 uh, 1000 minus the 20 is going to give us 980. So the amount of cash we're going to get is 980. Now it's it's convenient to know how to calculate a discount because it helps in sales and stuff. So we could do that a little bit quicker. We could we could say that if we had 1,000 and we're going to say times instead of saying times the amount we're not going to get the 2% discount, let's multiply times the amount that we're going to get. So there's only 100%. If we're not going to get 2%, we are going to get 98%. 100 minus the 2%. So if we multiply times 0.98, then we could say, okay, we could just jump right to the 980 without two calculations, which 
is useful to know. So now we're going to say we're going to debit the cash by the 980. Now, what are we going to credit normally when we get paid on account? Why did they pay us? Because we earned it. We gave them revenue. I mean, we gave them inventory. But we're not going to credit sales because we did that last time. So we're not going to put it in the sales. We're going to reduce the receivable. So remember, right underneath we had receivables. And we also had it in the subsidiary ledger. I can see in our subsidiary ledger that C owes us $1,000. They just paid us $980. So we're going to credit accounts receivable in our journal entry. So we debited cash for $980. We're going to credit accounts receivable for not $980. Because if we did, that would mean that C would still owe us $20. right? Because they, they're never going to pay us the $20 because we gave them a discount. So we need to take it off the books for the entire sales price. That's the wrinkle we have here. We're going to take it off the books for the $1,000. And if we look at the subsidiary ledger, we could see that. We'd say, hmm, there's $1,000 they paid us, but they only gave us $980. But we got to take it off for $1,000 because they're never going to give us that other $20. So we need to bring the amount that C owes us down to zero. So that would go down to zero. Now we'd have a debit to cash of $980, a credit to accounts receivable of $1,000. We have a difference. We're going to say, well, the debits don't equal the credits. We're out of balance on this journal entry by, of course, $20. So we're going to have to put another line. We're going to have to have three lines on this journal entry, and it's going to be a debit of $20. And where is that $20 going to go? In this case, it's because of that 2% discount. Now, remember, there's two sides of the discount. This one is the discount that we gave to our customer, not the discount given to us by the vendor. And that means it's a sales discount. Now, this can be, you can be a little bit, uh, you might be saying that that discount should be reducing sales. So remember what happens. We put the sales, we recorded the sales at $1,000, and now we're not going to get $1,000. We're only going to get $980. So you would think, why don't we debit the sales account? Sales is a credit balance. We should debit it by that $20 because we overstated sales by $1,000, and we're not going to get $1,000. We're only going to get $20. We should bring sales down with that debit to $980. However, remember, we never debit sales, really. Sales only goes up. We generally only make sales go up. So we've made up a new account. Right under sales, it's going to be called sales discounts. So sales discounts is acting like an expense in that it's only going to have debit balances. It's going to have debit balances. It's going to bring down net income. But when we put it on the, on the income statement, it's really a contra sales account. What we're saying is, yeah, here's sales and sales is really decreased by these two amounts here because this sales discount was a discount and we didn't really sell at that price we sold at that price minus the discount so we're making up a new account instead of reducing the sales and that's going to be the debit to 20. so we got cash as a debit of 980 we got a credit of accounts to 1000 and a debit to the discount of 20. now of course if, if you want these in order of debits and then credits the cash could be 980 and then we would put the debit sales discount of 20 and then the credit on the bottom to be proper. Again, it doesn't really matter if you, it, however you construct it to make you most sense. That's how I would construct it. But if you're plugging it in somewhere and want the debits on top, then put the debits on top and the credit on the bottom for that transaction. If we post that then, what's it going to look like? We got the cash. Cash has a debit balance. We debited it. We're increasing cash by 980. Then we've got the accounts receivable. Accounts receivable has 1,000 in it. We credited it by the entire 1,000 bringing the receivable down to zero. Then we had the discount. Sales discount it had zero in it currently. We debited it. It's always going to go up on a debit and it goes up to 20. It's on the income statement. It's a debit to the income statement that's going to bring down net income, bringing down total equity. Also, our subsidiary account for company C 
the account that represents what we what company C owes to us also needs to be going down by that same 1000 that we put into accounts receivable that subsidiary ledger is backing up the accounts receivable within that subsidiary ledger which is just breaking out the receivable by customer rather than by date we have n nobody owes us any money it's at zero so is our accounts receivable balance on the trial balance next transaction we're going to have we say we paid uh, the balance due to b company we're paying b company within the discount period of 2 slash 15 comma n slash 30 and the purchase price was 6500 so now we're on the other side of the transaction now we're talking about our vendor our relationship with our vendor not our relationship with our customer we are now paying our vendor back for the purchases that we made on account in the past now we purchased it if we look through our subsidiary ledger we can see in the subsidiary ledger for company b yep we owe b 6500 company b we owe them 6500 and now we are paying off the 6500 but we paid within the discount period meaning the discount period was stated as 2 slash 10 2 percent discount if we pay within uh, i'm sorry 2 slash 15 2 percent discount if we pay within 15 days then n slash uh, 30 otherwise the normal time frame is 30 we paid within the 15 days therefore we get a discount so we're not going to pay the entire amount that we had originally put it on the books for of 6500 because we paid within 15 days and therefore we get to reduce the amount that we're going to pay by uh the two percent so going through our questions is cash affected we're going to say yeah cash is affected we paid cash cash is a debit balance we need to make it go down we're going to do the opposite thing to it because we paid it and therefore we're going to credit cash so i'm going to credit cash in our journal entry again the cash should probably go on the bottom so you probably want to make this one of the, like a bottom account but as long as you get the debits and credits right i would i would think of cash first because that's going to give us an indication of what else happens now we're going to credit cash but we're not going to credit cash for the 6500 because we didn't pay 6500 we paid 6500 minus the two percent discount so we could calculate that a couple different ways let's do it this way first 6500 times 0 0.02 means that we got a 130 dollar discount 6500 minus the 130 would give us uh 6370 so we're going to pay cash of 6370 Again, it's helpful to know how to calculate this kind of with one trend, with one calculation. So we could say we got a 6,500 times, and if we've got a 2% discount, that means we're not paying 100%. And instead of multiplying times what we're not going to pay, let's see what we are going to pay. If we're going to pay, not pay 2%, 100% minus 2% means we're going to pay 0.98%. So then we need to figure out what's going to be the normal debit. So when we pay something off on account, what's going to be the normal debit? We might ask, well, why are we paying off? We're paying this off because we purchased inventory. But we're not going to post it to inventory because we posted it to inventory when we purchased it on account. Now we're paying off kind of like paying off the credit card bill. So we're paying off the accounts payable in this case. So we're going to debit the accounts payable uh, here, but we're not going to debit it for the amount we paid. We're not debiting it for 6370 and you could see that if we looked at the at the subsidiary ledger remember the subsidiary ledger being broken out by vendor backing up the trial balance account what's on the trial balance account and we could see that we owe 6500 if we then paid off on the subsidiary ledger for 6370 that would show that we still owe vendor b this 130 and we don't we're not going to ever pay the 130 because they gave us a discount of the 130 so we need to make the amount that we owe to b go down to zero 
How do we do that? We debit not by the amount we paid for, we debit by the amount we owe. The entire balance needs to go back down. We're going to debit the accounts payable for the entire 6500 that we owed. So now we got a debit to accounts payable 6500 We got a credit to cash of 6370 Those things don't match. Our debits don't equal our credits. We're going to need another credit in order to make it match. That's going to be like the plug. So if we subtract 6500 minus 6370 we get 130 and that's going to be, of course, the amount of the discount we had. So we took, if we took the 6,500 times the 0 0.02 or 2%, we get the 130. That's how much we're getting the discount of. So we've got this plug of 130 that we need. So we have three accounts. We've got the debit of 6,005, the credit of, uh, 6,370, and then this credit of, of 130. Where are we going to put that to? Oftentimes people get confused on this because if you look at the trial balance, and you look through for something that says discount, because if we got a 2% discount, you're going to find sales discount. And note that that's wrong, <laughs> because the, the sales discounts means the sale that we gave to our customer, not, not the discount that our vendors gave to us. So be careful there. What, why, uh, our, what happened here is that we overstated our inventory, basically. Remember, we bought the inventory, we put the inventory on the books for 6500 assuming that we weren't going to pay within the discount period and then we paid within the discount period therefore our inventory is overstated so the discount given to us by our vendor needs to reduce the merchandise inventory it doesn't have anything to do with discount within the account name that could be confusing so uh, you know wrap your head around that so what we're going to do is we're going to put that credit to merchandise inventory if we post this then what would happen we're going to debit the accounts payable uh, account so accounts payable is a liability liabilities have a credit balance we're going to debit it by the 6500 bringing it in this case down to zero we're going to see that in the subsidiary ledger as well the subsidiary ledger breaking out the accounts payable by vendor then had 6500 for b now it's going to be debited by 6500 nothing is owed for the entire accounts payable that of course matches what is on the trial balance cash is going to be credited for the amount that we paid after the discount 6,370. So we're going to say cash is going to go down by 6,370 because the hash is a debit balance. We're going to make it go down by doing the opposite thing to it as a credit. And then merchandise inventory, we credited it 130. So if we posted that, we're going to say merchandise inventory has a debit balance. In my case, it's 11,068. We then credited it, making it go down because we did the opposite thing to it to 10,938. That makes sense because we overstated the inventory when we first purchased it. We put it on the books as if we're not going to get the discount. And now we got the discount. Therefore, the inventory is overstated and we need to mark it down.